My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA LLC, located somewhere between Sacramento and San Francisco, California. Today is August 26th, 2022, and my guest today is a returning guest, a, a Republican, a Florida Republican candidate in District 25 in Broward County, South Broward to be specific. His name is Ruben Young, and his website is ryoungforcongress.com, and we put out a, a request for people living in South Broward or anywhere in Broward County to go to their website, uh, go to Ruben's website and put, put in their name, their, uh, their first name, last name, email address, phone number, and zip code so we can track uh, how many people potentially voted for Ruben Young in the August 23rd primary. The results are not scientific. Uh, it doesn't prove anything, but at least gives us, gives us a start to uh, unofficially uh, reject Joe Scott's uh, 6,510 votes that he was given by, um, by Joe Scott. The votes given to Joe Scott, excuse me, the votes given to Ruben Young from Joe Scott. But yesterday, several of Ruben's uh, congressional candidate colleagues started calling and they all got a similar message within a specific period of time. And Ruben and I talked about that and we said this was a coordinated effort for uh, GOP people, you know, the, the establishment GOP to try to get Ruben to concede sort of unofficially but I know they would probably record it. So I would like to bring on Ruben Young uh, to talk about that subject and some several of other subjects this Friday morning. And so Ruben, take it away and a good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Rick. And again, good morning to your listening audience. I, I always enjoy and appreciate coming on your podcast to share with, with your listeners those things of today. I, I love coming to your talk, your podcast, because it's about real people, real people talk. And we get a chance to share and talk about those things that are important. So in line with what you're saying, again, this is a Ruben Young candidate for Florida House, United States House of Representatives, District 25. And I say that because on yesterday, I put in a request to dispute the election I'm not a, a sour grape. I'm not a bad sport. I am a competitor. And I don't have a problem with somebody beating me fair and square. But when there's uh, issues and irregularities and when you find a, a, a number of questionable ballots, like we had uh, with Joe Scott, which me and you both alerted the state, both alerted all the people that needed to be told about these things in advance we and we laid it out so i feel good about that in one sense but if you're going to beat me beat me fair and square you know i was out running in a race i spent the year i was the first person to file in 2021 for uh, uh this seat that was changed from 23 to 25 i got out did the work shook the hand engaged the votes kissed the babies 
I have got out and got all kinds of petitions and met all kinds of people all across the state within that year. So I knew that I was gaining some traction. So if the race was between me and my opponent, that opponent would not have had a chance. But for me, we have to go up against the party itself. When the party claims they don't get involved in primaries, but they were involved in primary because I'm a competitor. I've been doing this since 1989. I'm not new to this. I am true to this. I'm 190% committed to any and everything that I do. And like I say, Rick, I'm a, I'm a competitor. I don't mind competing, but I don't like be cheated. I don't like anybody to cheat to win because I don't do that. I, I did my homework, Rick. I didn't sit at the back of the classroom in the third, the fourth, the sixth grade asking you to let me see your answer. What was the, uh, what was the answer to, n- to number three? I got out there and went, and I cannot understand how anybody would, uh, would go through life cheating or allow people to cheat on their behalf and call that winning. That's not winning. That's called what it is, cheating. So you had all these people working and trying to stop my efforts. But, you know, Rick, for God I live and for God I die. I believe that we are in a spiritual movement and that we must never give in or give up to the tyranny and up to the voter suppression. Because that's what we had in this year, uh, this year race. A lot of anomalies, a lot of uh, errors and mistakes took place, and not just in Florida. I mean, not just in um, Broward County, but across this entire state. They are doing what I call the cheating game, the mail-in ballot game, the ballot harvesting game, the going, taking ballots and taking voters' information and going and sitting in undisclosed locations and houses and they're filling these ballots out on these people behalf and they don't even know that they're voting. And then when you have a supervisor of election by the name of Joe Scott saying that he's not going to verify signatures, he increases the, 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 the cheating game allegedly and allowing people to go into these undisclosed locations and fill out these ballots on these voters' behalf and then turn them in and give, and give the competitive advantage to the other opponent. That is wrong. We must end that. We must stop that. Or, we, or this county, this country is going to change, and this is what we're going to lead to our children, a system of cheating. I was told when I was a kid that you did all the right things. You obey your parents. You listen to the instructions of the teachers. If you follow your assignments and do your homework, you can gain, you can win. But that's changed. So, Rick, in answering your question, I fought a, through a lot of uh, resistance, but I kept a smile on my face, and I, I, and I kept the lessons that I learned, you know, in my lifetime that I control my destiny. And whichever direction that I go in is because of the decisions that I make or made. So it was, a, it was a, a journey. I am never going to concede to the tyranny, and I'm never going to support people that believe in cheating. So it was, it was, a, it was a, a difficult journey, but we got through, and this election is still going on because it's now being disputed, and it will continue to be disputed until the, this state and those local county supervisor of elections in the stealing. Exactly. So yesterday, please talk about, and, I, and I'll talk about your, your colleague, who I'm not going to mention uh, the colleague's name, but I'll just start. Your colleague uh, got a call pretty much within a couple of hours when you got the call, and basically the call was 
hey, are you going to support the the Republican uh, that beat you and now is facing the Democrat? And uh, we appreciate, you know, blah, 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 all these niceties. And the person pretty much said that uh, they were not going to concede. And, you know, the other part of the conversation is probably not that important. But please talk about what happened to you. All right, well, I received a phone call from someone, either the Florida GOP or the GOP party. Now, all this time I've been reaching out and trying to gain access to what we call campaign sidekicks so I know exactly where to go and who to talk to and what house. When I walk up there, I already know whether or not that house is a house I need to be going uh, to. And this, they asked me this. Now that the primary is over, we're now going to join behind Carlos Spalding. We're asking for all your volunteers and all the persons, all the people who help you, uh, because we're going to. We we need to know now. Can we count on you to get behind Carlos Spalding? And I was very trying to be very nice and very professional, very you know, uh, you know, honest. And I told the person not at this time. Uh, I said that the the election is in dispute. I have not conceded, and uh, I, I thank them for the for calling. They want to know why was I disputing the call, and I didn't I didn't give an explanation because that's my right as the right of any candidate. I would encourage all candidates uh, that ran to dispute the election, to challenge the election, to file lawsuits against the election because the the election was not fair. We cannot longer no longer allow. Uh, the other side, the Democratic Party, to create these schemes. But I, I've been out there, and I told the person, like someone other called that someone else had. Uh, this is a well-orchestrated plan, and this is a shame that you have Republican candidates allow themselves to be used, because I, I think I talked about them supporting, taking out the stronger candidate, and then going with the weaker candidate so that weaker candidate can lose to the Democrat. This is what they've been doing. This is a scheme. This is part of the, their playbook to support those candidates that they know is in bed with them, that they know they can get out here and raise all this money when everybody else is struggling trying to raise money. You need the question, how can a no-name candidate raise over a million point five dollars? A no-name Candidate, it's not a Matt Gates we're talking about, or uh, 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 Lorraine Barber, or Jim Jordan. It's not one of those type of candidates. You can raise that kind of money, but then you leave questions. Why is that? So I told them that I was not going to concede and I was not going to be supporting any candidate at all because the election is now in dispute, and, and as a right of a candidate, I have a right to challenge to request information to want to see the, the actual numbers of the ballots of the people that voted in my election. I have that right. That's not a, a loser uh, uh, talking. That's part of winning. Everything that you do in order to gain the victory is part of your winning. So I hear people say, well, you're crying and you need to not be a sore loser. I'm not being a sore loser. I'm being a sore winner because it's not over until it's over. It's not over until the fat lady sings. That's what I heard, Rick. So it was a, this was a well-orchestrated call, which I never received this type of call. I never got a call like that in all this time, and I've been out here working. So if this was a one-on-one -on -one situation, which I hope in the future there are laws that prohibit 
people from interfering in these elections. There are laws that prohibit uh, elected officials from endorsing candidates. There are laws that prevent people from going to these precincts and harassing the voters when they go to vote, about voting for their candidate when most of the time people know who they're going to vote. We need to end this voter's harassment, this voter coercion, and getting out and hiring all these consultants to work on someone's campaign because they raise a whole lot of money. I believe in doing it the old-fashioned way, getting out and meeting people. That's where I know elections will be. That's where I've always done it. And if this, like I said, if this would have been a one-on-one -on -one situation, we wouldn't have had a dispute over a, an election. I was not going against one person. I was going against many, 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 many other people that I didn't know I was running against. So you, uh, thank you, Rick, that that was a very good question that you asked, but it was orchestrated and it was a well-planned of now receiving the phone call of the people that I believe now was working against me. Right. And I don't, I don't really think it was uh, well-planned. I think uh, they, they did it, but I don't think it was well-planned. And uh, before I talk about why uh, I don't think it was well-planned, um, I want to talk about uh, something that happened here in California. It was sloppy. <laughs> it was very, very sloppy. Um, but here in California, we, we had a, when, you, when you mentioned plants, uh, we call them plants, placeholder, uh, Republican candidates. Uh, you know, the other name is rhino. But before they become rhinos, they, had, they, they played this role of a placeholder candidate. And I know a lot of listeners who are, who are hearing this for the first time. Uh, and, and when I heard it for the first time, like 10 years ago, or, or saw it for the first time, I, I didn't believe that a Republican would, uh, would, would fall on the sword or purposely be, let themselves be thrown under the bus for money. I just think, I just, I mean, I, I grew up in a very uh, practical and uh, hard fighting, you know, you work hard, you, you, you are successful. So I couldn't, I, you know what? I couldn't believe that Republicans and pardon this phrase, but I call it being whored out. That's what I, that's why I, I look at it. Oh, you want some money to do something? Yeah, I wouldn't want to th throw my, my party under the bus. Would you do it for $500,000? Person thinks about it. Yeah. Okay, I call that being whored out when you do stuff like that. So here in California, there's this guy. His name is John Cox. And we had a, a Trump-like governor candidate. Uh, who was running against Governor Newsom back in 2016, the same time that Trump, uh, President Donald Trump was running for, for president. And Travis Allen, I mean, he had crowds in, Fair, in Fresno, in Bakersfield, in Orange County, and Sacramento, uh, the East Bay of San Francisco, the up north in, in Butte County and Redding, you know, two or three hours north of San Francisco. This guy had Trump-like crowds all over California. And then here comes John Cox, who has dual residency in Illinois. Gosh, why that state? And California. So every time there was an important election where it seemed like the Republican candidate was, was awesome. Everybody loved Travis Allen, who's a resident of Huntington Beach, California, a little south of Los Angeles. Every time a strong Republican candidate would step to the plate, here comes John Cox. And in the part that made me upset about John Cox, he was just a milk toast, um, 
you know, fake Republican. And I'll never forget the day, Ruben, that he filmed his only campaign uh, video with an iPhone in North Beach in San Francisco, which is not too far from where Nancy Pelosi lives. It's the nicer part of San Francisco that doesn't look like the pictures you see typically of San Francisco. This guy made one campaign video with an iPhone on an empty street in San Francisco. And that's when I first saw how Republicans can whore themselves out for money. And it seems like uh, he, in the state of Florida, like you mentioned, and in this article that I'm going to just briefly talk about, it seems like Republicans, and I, I don't really think they're Republicans, I think they're Democrat operatives posing as Republicans. Some of these Republicans have whored themselves out for money and an article that was uh, uh, published on August 23rd from uh, Freedom Alliance, and this is a, a nonprofit out of uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. They published this article, and then in, in Miami, the MiamiIndependent.com uh, posted the article, and you sent me a copy of it, and I'm just going to read a little bit from the article and it says, regarding supervisors of elections, and it's written to uh, Miss Maria Matthews Esquire up in Tallahassee. And it talks about the organization uh, purpose is to enhance election integrity in Florida and that um, Freedom Alliance in St. Pete has been investigating irregularities in Florida elections. So long story short, they mentioned things about the mail ballot election procedure and about how ballots uh, sh should be marked, do not forward. And it seems like, just to make this story short, it looks like the ballots were mailed with re return to sender or something like that, or re return request, return sender requested, some kind of service where the ballots come back to the sender. And then there was an issue of, you know, of the, supervisor of elections offices using um, first-class mail versus nonprofit, some type of nonprofit status. So what does that mean? Did, did, did they pay, you know, nonprofit rates, but told everyone else they paid uh, first-class mail rates? So, I mean, I'm going to post a video. I'm going to append or uh, include a video from a, uh, a video caster and he talks about this in depth for about six minutes. And I'm going to include that video in this today's podcast episode because this guy explains it, you know, very well. I don't have to, I don't want to read this article on the podcast episode. That's why I'm doing it. You know, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people have the misconception that Florida has safe elections because Ron DeSantis is the governor, and that is simply not the case. In my own... You know, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people have the misconception that Florida has safe elections because Ron DeSantis is the governor, and that is simply not the case. In my own county, in my own precinct, they use ESNS machines. On top of that, Florida also has dirty voter rolls, mass scale mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes. They also have nonprofit organizations, the same ones which we saw involved in ballot trafficking in Arizona and Texas. So you better believe there's ballot harvesting mules in this state as well. Now, I want to show you guys something badass.
mess because Florida just had their primary election and it appears there's a group that performed some sort of sting operation and caught voter fraud and is now calling out the supervisor of elections. Check this out. So this is from the Miami Independent. Florida primaries marred by suspicious vote-by-mail ballots in large quantities showing distrust in state elections. Now this is a developing story. They say yesterday's Florida primary election was marred with reports of large number of vote-by-mail ballots that were returned as undeliverable and then used to vote in tight elections in large numbers, changing the outcome of those elections. Now this is 100% consistent with what we know about how elections are rigged with dirty voter rolls. If you have fake registrations on the voter rolls or you have dead people or people that have moved away still on the voter rolls, then you send ballots out to those locations and they can be intercepted or they come returned to sender and then they can be intercepted that way. And so this group, the Florida First Freedom Alliance, is suggesting that not only did that happen, but it happened on a statewide level, on a mass scale, enough to change the outcome of elections. Below is a letter submitted yesterday on the issue to Florida officials. A file with associated data is also attached below the letter. And I'll put a link to this in the description so you guys can look at this yourself. Okay, so check this out. So all across the state of Florida, they found counties where the ballot envelopes were illegal. It specifically says in Florida law that the envelope, the ballot envelope, is supposed to prominently be marked, do not forward. It's clearly written in Florida statute. But instead, they found a bunch of ballots that were marked, return service requested, which does not mean the same thing as do not forward. Okay, so then they brought this to the director of Florida Division of Elections, and he basically just lied and says that's not against the law, uh, even though it's clearly written and we just showed you that. He says this statute only applies to the small number of elections authorized to be conducted 100% by mail. But nowhere in that statute does it say that. Now check this out. So here's another violation of the law. It specifically says in Florida statute that all such ballots shall be mailed by first class mail. However, some vote by mail ballot envelopes are marked first class mail while others are marked nonprofit mail. Now that's interesting. Why the hell are mail in ballots being marked nonprofit mail? So in this letter, they actually call them out and they say, are we to interpret that as indicating some supervisor of election offices are nonprofit organizations? If so, what qualifies them as a nonprofit organization? So they're requesting all of the documentation from 67 counties in Florida that have used nonprofit mail as the postage for mailing out vote by mail ballots and the name of the person who authorized its use. Now check this out because this is where things get very interesting and this is where they basically start taunting the director. Clearly they have more evidence than they're letting on here. So they say based on the data that we have been evaluating we can clearly see that supervisor of elections in Florida are sending out vote by mail ballots that should be returned as undeliverable being cast in elections. So they're saying they have proof that these ballots that should be returned as undeliverable are actually being counted in elections. And I don't know how they have that proof, but they're suggesting that they have it. They're saying, how can vote by mail ballots that should have been returned to all the Florida supervisors as undeliverable end up being returned as vote by mail ballots being cast in elections? Are these ballots being counted magically? Are these undeliverable vote by mail ballots not being returned to the various Florida supervisor of elections office? Are these undeliverable vote by mail ballots being collected by the U.S. Postal Service and then magically being cast? 
Are the vendors who are printing, mailing, tracking, and tracing these vote-by-mail ballots knowingly sending out vote-by-mail ballots to undeliverable addresses? How are vote-by-mail ballots that cannot possibly be received by voters because the addresses are undeliverable being cast in elections? Our research showed that this was the case in the 2020 election and is now the case in the 2022 primary election. Will this also be the case in the 2022 general election, Director Matthews? So, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that this group, the Florida First Freedom Alliance, has the goods and proof of election fraud. Now, what's interesting about this is that Ron DeSantis created a election fraud division and has already prosecuted 20 election fraud crimes. So, it's going to be interesting when this story gets a lot of coverage and then it's kind of putting the ball in Ron DeSantis's court to say, this is happening, what are you going to do about it? So, I'm going to encourage you guys to share this article and please share this video. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for watching this video. Please. And it seems like, just to make this story short, it looks like the ballots were mailed with re return to sender or something like that, or re return requests return sender requested some kind of service where the ballots come back to the sender. And then there was an issue of, you know, of the supervisor of elections offices using um, first class mail versus nonprofit, some type of nonprofit status. So what does that mean? Did, did, did they pay, you know, nonprofit rates, but told everyone else they paid uh, first class mail rates. So, I mean, I'm going to post a video I'm going to append or uh, include a video from a, uh, a video caster. And he talks about this in depth for about six minutes. And I'm going to include that video in this today's podcast episode because this guy explains it, you know, very well. I don't have to, I don't want to read this article on the podcast episode. That's why I'm doing it. I totally understand it. And Ruben, just to uh, get your thoughts on this. This article from Freedom, uh, Florida First Freedom Alliance was written on August 23rd. Now, you and I started discovering this stuff back in April of 2022, and we sent the letter to all the people, including uh, Joe Scott, right after Labor Day, some, sometime in June uh, before, you know, before the, the primary election or before the mail-out ballots were even sent out, we sent all these people in Florida the, how this stuff was happening, and we even predicted 100% to the T how this these shenanigans were going to happen and, and how people like yourself and other people, other congressional candidates in Florida would be impacted. So what are your thoughts on several several fronts what are your what are your thoughts on why would the supervisor of elections now looks like they have uh, uncovered additional information information more than what uh real people usa and reuben young found why do you think it was such a um sloppy i would say but a concerted effort to ruin congressional candidates going to congress specifically specifically from the state of Florida. Well, Rick, and going back and understanding elections and going back and understanding who are in charge of the election, you know, you got to realize this this plan was to help Biden maintain his power. 
because he knew that if they knew Congress and, and they would uh, put out that the Republicans was going to take back the House. And uh, so, you know, they, they sat in a, probably in the room and they, they came up with this mail-in ballot scheme, another mail-in ballot scheme, and they came up now with a scheme to thwart by efforts, especially here in Florida, because if you, if you lose Florida, you lose the presidency. And so you saw a concerted effort across the whole state where they use the same type of approach, which, you know, we tried to be proactive. We tried to prevent it. We tried to identify it because I've been following election fraud. I've been fighting this fraud since the 1990s. So I know what it looks like. I know what it smells like. I know that it's not always going to be uh, within, the, uh, within the physical eye. I know that it's in the violation of our law, a supervisor of election who was assigned to uphold the law, to help us enforce our election law. And when they fail to do so, they are now, they commit to the breaking of the law because you allow things to take place in a, a state or fair election. These are constitutional elections. These are not just regular elections. When you, when you interfere with state elections, when you interfere with a fair election, you are overthrowing this government because these elections are placed with directly in our state constitution and our uh, uh, federal constitution. But be as it may, it's amazing how that article and that video matched up to those things that we brought to the state uh, attention well before now, uh, way before now. But what was interesting about what the uh, young man was saying in the video, how candidates or how certain person was using outside vendors to do mail-outs in other states, uh, throwing rocks and hiding their hands. And we were already looking at a number of candidates, financial reports, and we were looking for a, a big amount of postage way before we saw the, the video. And I saw on some of the candidates' reports in the month of July, right when the ballot was being mailed, $10,000 of postage, $3,300 of postage, $1,100 of postage. And all that was being done outside the state of Florida in Maryland and Virginia. So you ask yourself, why did they have to use vendors and spend so much money on postage outside of the state of Florida, outside of the district that they're running in? And so, you know, it's, it's amazing what people would do when it comes to power and comes to steal. A lot of great candidates, and this is what I've been fighting, Rick, for years. The people that need to be in office can't even get in office because of the cheating, because of the stealing, because of the overthrowing of our government. This is what we're fighting against fighting for the future of our nation, fighting for the future of our country, because if we don't fight, who will? So I don't go with, along with people saying that I'm crying. I don't go with those persons who said that I don't know what I'm talking about because I do know because I followed the fraud. I followed the fraud from Miami-Dade County to Broward County. And for them to be doing what those articles suggested, with how they sent out all these wrong ballots and how these ballots, came back when the, when the law says they're not supposed to have returned the sender. But a lot of the mailings that a lot of uh, uh, mail was mailed to the voters had returned the senders. It gives that other individual the competitive advantage, Rick, to take that ballot and fill it out for that individual because it came back to them. This is another scheme. And if, if Governor DeSantis 
He, the ball is in our governor's court, which I think that he's a fine governor. I think that he's an honest governor. I think he's a Christian governor. I think he's a man of, the, of his word governor. When he tell you he's going to do something, he's looking you in the eye, he shakes your hand, and he does that. You don't need to have a written contract with Governor DeSantis because Governor DeSantis, despite of all the naysayers, when he tell you he's going to do something, he does it. So right now, he's going throughout the state. He knows who these people are. But in order to con- in order to get these people on treason, you have to first let them break the law, where they have broken the law. So now the state can come in, because you cannot be proactive, which I would have prayed that we could have been proactive, Rick, in stopping this in a band. You have a brilliant mind. You looked at the ballot that I brought to you, and you saw this main, this, this problem, this uh, mental problem, and you laid it out in a, in a document, that document that I fought on my behalf, to the, to the state officials, because Maria Matthews, she's a Democrat, but she's old, she's the director of the Division of Elections, and for years I've been writing her about our elections. I mean, I've been doing this since 1990, 2000. I've been writing her, trying to get her to, to help us stop this deal. But if, if she's in that position, thinking like a Democrat, because in 2015 and 16, she gave authorization or permission for the county uh, division uh, supervisor of elections to purchase the Dominion voting equipment in that county. And a lot of problems came out of them purchasing that equipment, but she gave the go-ahead or she got the clearance for that to take place. But that's who Maria Matthews is. She sit on the board of the Fair Election Commission or the Fair Election Network that's supposed to monitor elections and ensure that these elections remain fair, not just in Florida, but throughout the United States. So if that's who she is, that's the person that's at the top of the food chain when it comes to compliance and when it comes to regulation, when it comes to overseeing this mission and this purpose. That's who we're dealing with when that letter was written to Maria Matthews. So I know Maria Matthews quite well, and she's always somewhere in the background. And if she doesn't now wake up, we're going to lose America. And we're going to lose America because of people like Maria Matthews sitting in those positions and not taking the, the kind of actions that you need to take against a Joe Scott, who's a, 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 a alleged open a, 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 a violator of our statutes. And he said he would not enforce FB90, and he would not enforce what he think a voter suppression law when he, as a state official, state constitution officer, he's supposed to enforce that law. So I have no more to say than that, Rick, and I thank you for giving me this opportunity to share and be real and talk real on your program. Well, I tell you what, and I didn't know who Maria Matthews uh, is, but uh, now that you have given me the background on Maria Matthews, there's another name uh, in this equation, which I am not going to mention on this day, I'll let time, I'll let a few days pass to see what happens. Because now there are, there's Maria Matthews, as you have described her uh, uh, inability to uh, to fix things in Florida and may as well be an, be an accomplice. But there's another person out there, which I will not mention this person's name yet. But I do believe uh, Governor DeSantis is on top of this. But I want to get back to two things that you said uh you mentioned the florida gop and you mentioned that this was the first call or the first favorable call or maybe the only call that they they made to you where it seems like they were interested in you and 
all throughout the, the last you know 16 or 12 to 18 months you couldn't get them to pay attention to you at all then all of a sudden they call you and say hey you know we need your support uh for carla spalding and like we said yesterday it didn't matter if it was carla spalding or or carla jones uh that that you were running against the the outcome the 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 the, the script would have been the same for for the outcome that uh, you know, the Democrats there and these election officials want it. All right. So, again, this is a Ruben Young continuing my pursuit for uh, to be the first Republican to serve in Florida Congressional District 25. I'm looking to be the one to uh, take on Debbie Wasserman because, Rick, as I indicated, as you stated throughout this, uh, this program, there's a lot of shenanigans. You have people that questionable. Uh, whose citizenship is questionable because they don't believe that that being born in another country uh, disqualify you from running. Or when you have a congressional representative who served more than eight years that who don't feel that the Florida 1992 term limit amendment applies to them. Then we have a real problem with people obeying and respecting the laws of this state, respecting the laws of this country. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a sour Greek. I'm a, a, a person that believes in the letter of the law. Uh, if you check my background, you don't see all the elements that you would see in most people's background. I've always tried to play by the rules. And if you're going to play a game, if you're going to be involved in anything, you should play by the rules. You shouldn't have in your campaign report tons and tons of money spent on postage when you can do postage right here. And that's the guy said in the video. A lot of the candidates, a lot of the person that uh, participated in this mail-in fraud, they were using outside vendors in other states. And so we need to, like you say, we need to follow the money. You know, it says uh, power corrupt, absolutely. We need to stop following the money. We need to uh, vet people and make sure that they are more committed to this country than committed to somewhere else. Because uh, America's all we got. And I'm a man, Rick, that believes in God. I live in God. I will surely die. So when I leave here, I want to leave here making, knowing and making sure that we give our children a better place than what we had here ourselves. So I'm going to continue to fight. I'm not going to ever give in. I'm not going to concede to uh, uh, to uh, bad conduct. Uh, I'm not going to ever concede to cheating because, like I'm telling all the candidates, this future election, if you are a Republican and you ran this election cycle, follow these lawsuits, uh, challenge these local supervisors' election, especially if they are planned to be uh, uh, pretending to be nonpartisan when they're actually partisan or pretending to be uh, Democrat uh, who believe that they should support their party agenda. Challenge these elections. Don't let these elections go unchallenged. Challenge every election that you can, file every lawsuit that you can, and file every charge that you can with the Office of Election Crimes and, and Security. This is Ruben Young. I thank everyone for their support. I thank you for your support, and we will continue this fight until the very, very, very end. Amen to that. This is Rick Napier, Real People USA. Uh, LLCRPUSA.org, direct telephone number 726 999 Take care, Ruben. Make it a great day.